You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I'm so glad you showed up for our relationship chat today, as well as for you and your people. We're all about living intentionally here so you can experience joy and balance in your relationships once again or for the very first time. Be sure you hang with us on our social media platforms, and if you like research like I do, Make sure you check out our website at EnneagramAndMarriage.com for our weekly newsletter, freebies, and so much more, as well as at Instagram and Facebook. We have so many goodies to share with you. Let's dive right in together. Hello, guys. I'm so happy to have you for the Enum Pod last episode of 2022. So excited to have you with me for this bad boy, bad girl, whichever you prefer, because we're talking all about resentments. So any of you who found yourselves on the naughty list this Christmas, this episode is for you in either direction. If you're just like, I'm the one who's thinking about resentments about my spouse or my spouse is resenting me. Here we are together to make sure that you enter your new year or wherever you're listening, whatever year you're listening, that you guys have the very best tools to avoid resentment because I know you don't want to carry that into today or tomorrow or any year, right? So we're going to get to that in just a couple minutes. But if you are listening live, of course, happiest of New Year's to you coming right up. And I hope you had an excellent holiday too and had plenty of goodies and gifts and got to really visit and rest too. 2023 is an exciting year for Enneagram and Marriage on many levels, but it's starting out with earlier in the year, you can be thinking about coming and joining us in Florida for the Glow Gala. We have a Valentine's dance coming up on Friday, February 3rd. I'm very excited about. And then we also have our coaches certification just after that in February. If any of you would like to do some live learning and become an Enneagram and Marriage Certified Coach, I would love to work with you. And some people who do it just like to do it all on their own, on demand, on their own time. In fact, most people, but sometimes people just want to have somebody with them. And in February, I'll be recording the classes. So I am grateful and happy if anyone wants to join live too. So it'll be Thursday mornings. You can check that out. Either way, I'm excited for more coaching. So fun for me to meet people who are passionate about the same things as me. It is something I sort of prick myself about because it's like, is that real? You know, you have those moments, very hard moments too, by the way. But when you have these really good moments where you're like, oh my goodness, did I really put my dreams out there? And there are people who shared them. Yes, that's a great feeling. And in fact, I feel that way about you listening right now. So I hope you feel that vibe together right over these airwaves or internet waves, because I do think that's an incredible thing to actually know that we are all out there learning together like this. And by the way, it's literally year three. We are starting year three this week. And I am so glad. And for those of you who go back to the vault of the earlier episodes, I still stand by episode one of just Enneagram is awesome, but it's just part of the journey. So stick with us today for lots of Enneagram and non-Enneagram learning and all through this podcast if you're newer here and know that there's all kinds of good info going back. I already have next year all planned out, but you know what? I'm open-handed to God because as you and I both know, 
the plans do change. I cannot stay in my seven fixation of planning forever. So you know I've got the plan. You know God will probably shift the plan and we will have whatever year we're meant to have. But I'm very excited for the good plans that I know are in place for today's show. And those are that we get to talk about resentment and how it has festered in different personality types. And we're also going to take a very pulled back look at how resentment can fester. I hate that word. Let's change words there. <laughs> Let's make sure we don't bring the word fester too far into 2023. But but really saturate our lives. And that way we can see, okay, this is what everybody kind of struggles with. This is what my partner might be noticing about me in particular. And I have Instagram surveys, we have Facebook surveys, and I have all of the coaching and counseling I've done over the years to go with this. So we are getting nuanced in some qualitative research. And then I'm not going to leave you hanging. So Definitely, we will talk about how to work through the resentments. And we'll do a little touch of that when we talk type by type, but definitely make sure you definitely listen to the end of the episode to this time, because I know sometimes when I do a type by type episode, you might miss the really important tips for everybody. So don't miss those. And right before we get started, I just want to say, if you are just in that space where you're like, I need structure, I need good plans. Krista, what are those plans you were talking about having? One thing you should know is we have an Enneagram and Marriage Relationship Glow Planner where we really emphasize you guys shining out in your gifts all year long and we give you steps and tips every single one for coaching you through the 52 weeks of the year. And then last year, I also developed a 52-week email series that you can also purchase if you would really like an added way to just have emails sent to you every week too. I noticed some of you like to just print your planners or go through your planners. Others of you said, please send me the weekly email so that I'm always reminded. And if I don't have the planner, I can click it into the in the link in what you send me digitally each email. And so whichever is best for you guys, I just want you to have good coaching at your fingertips here and wherever you need it. And that is a great space if you're a planner like me and you like to have extra balance in your life and you like to make sure you guys are doing really well in that. And Wes and I had a great time in the planner last year. So I hope that you will get that if you need the extra tips. And you know we have tons of resources at enneagramandmarriage.com. But being an end of the year, beginning of the year episode, I want to make sure you guys are all shored up. So as we get started on resentments, great George McDonald quote I got to hear from my lovely friend Brittany over at Enneagram Explained. If you're not following Enneagram Explained on Instagram, you're missing out by the way. But she gave me a great quote about how we have to really allow ourselves in the season of Christmas to really allow us to come into not just this adult who's like, yes, I know everything psychologically and I have it all put together and I'm better than my spouse, but to come into marriage almost with the the virtue of an eight with some childlike innocence. And George McDonald says, the winter is the childhood of the year. Into this childhood of the year came the child Jesus, and into this childhood of the year must we all descend. It is as if God spoke to each of us according to our need. My son, my daughter, you are growing old and cunning. You must grow a child again. And I think everybody could give us a reason why they feel they have a right to be resentful. But I think this quote just reminds us coming back to that innocence to say, let's have open hearts when we listen to this episode. We're going into research, but we're also going into this heart space of, you know, if we know all the research, but we don't have a loving presence and we can't hold on to forgiveness the way 
healthy children do, then we are really missing something. So let's really come into this episode with an openness. And if you even need to pause it and say a prayer and take some deep breaths, then I think that you can come into this episode with exactly how and who you need to be. So let's talk about in general what spouses reported for the things that are bothering them that they don't want to carry forward. And those are the biggest two anyway, are that they are annoyed with their spouse both asking them to do too many chores and errands or just leaving them with too many chores and errands. And then that was tied with spouses feeling like their partner did not leave enough room for quality time. Now, if you listen to our episodes regularly, or if you've tuned into the Deeper Dive Wednesday series, you know that sometimes spouses really only have about four minutes a day together of quality time. So I highly believe these statistics are not just conversational here within the EM community, but also just largely people outside of Enneagram usage as well. In fact, I think people studying Enneagram often do really put in time and intention into relationship growth because you wouldn't have made your way over to this podcast or page otherwise. So I think you're probably batting better than four minutes of quality time a day, but you might not be. And I want you to know that that's a huge piece of resentment for spouses, as is the piece of feeling like, and we've talked about this at length about women feeling this even more sometimes, but it could go both ways where a woman is feeling like chores are being expected from her too much. And that can negatively impact a couple's sexual experience. And so, yes, men can have issues as well, feeling like there's a contemptuous wife. And all of this even feels a bit trite for me to say in the sense that I know we have variety amongst in between, but I think it's relevant because I think that we have to pay attention to big trends and say, do I fit in there at all? Like, am I resentful because perhaps I had a baby and I'm home a lot more, I don't have the full-time job, or maybe I do, and I'm somehow, after many generations, I'm still expected to carry on all these female or domestic types of what's normally perceived as female roles. And I think that that would be very normal in the sense of culturally normal, but I think we're learning to shoot a lot better in regards to that so that we don't make these mistakes and then couples can thrive a lot longer and have a lot more playfulness, connectedness, be more teammates than just these dull partners who live parallel lives and do chores together. Because I think that's a grave danger to deal with that as you get into middle marriage seasons, that you have to find ways to still keep things revved up. I mean, I think that is absolutely huge. And that that's why I'm like, get the Golo Planner, like take your date nights, like do things to keep your marriage revved up, whatever it is. Because I think that that is the intention has to be there and the action. So just understand that these are two of the biggest things that are troubling people are feeling too bogged down by chores and not enough quality time together. And then you have all these people around you at work who are giving you quality time potentially and who you're seeing at church and working with in small groups. And so just please be aware that it's so important to invest in your partner. 
and to understand that these stages of life are not just Enneagram, they're just everywhere. And I don't want you to be such an idealist that you think we'll never have any struggles. So therefore, I don't have to set systems in place because what really matters are the systems you are setting in place. Your goals are so much more reachable if you already have good systems. But if you just have goals, like every couple has goals, every couple wants to be a healthy couple, then that's not enough. You have to have the system. So keep in mind those resentments and then talk to each other about that as a quick starting point before we move on. But just, you know, hey, these are some things a lot of couples complain about. How are you feeling about me in these regions? And see what happens. And then they might say, you know what? I don't mind our quality time and I feel like we're doing well on the chores, but here's something else. So do remember to be open-minded, curious, take the deep breath when you feel like defending yourself. And we're going to go into more solutions afterwards. Now, let me get you into some of the nitty gritty Enneagram nuance. And I won't take too long on these because I think you know the majority of them. But for those who are new to the Enneagram and you don't know what types are yet, make sure you go back to earlier episodes. Make sure you hit up the Enneagram and Marriage website. But you're going to get a sense for these types as I go through them here too. And we've done so many talks from the perspective of each type that I wanted to make sure that this time I talk about the types in terms of what people are resenting about that type, because I think that it can give it a little bit more of an angle of you listening about your type and then going, oh, this is how I can be perceived And this is what people can find resentful about me. But you already know in this way what you find resentful about your spouse. Like I don't have to remind you of that. You know what those are. I've gotten the statistics. And then also you can listen to your spouse's type and see, oh, does everybody else see this about my spouse too? Because sometimes there's a sense of, you know what, I feel like I'm not alone and that others struggle and there might even be some hope. So listen to both, but definitely pay attention to yours so that you can get some insight as to what people find and struggle with about your personality type or any of your types in your tri-type or your wings or your arrows. Okay, so type one, we have that people said that what's been hard for them is when Sometimes their ones as a parent can be rigid. Sometimes they said that it can be that they feel like when the inner critic of the one is strong, it comes out at them. And I think that's a great insight to realize that often type ones have a strong inner critic and sometimes it can reverse and go out towards their spouse. And that's been really hard and people resent that. Another thing people resented about ones was that they feel like ones often are moving very quickly and not realizing that their spouse can't pace with them or rest with them. So keep that in mind if you're a one, along with one more mention that they felt that ones could be nitpicky and feel like their way was the only right way of doing things. And they just wanted some nuance with that and they wanted to be seen as a person with a different experience. And whether we're saying somebody has different neurodivergently or or whether they seem completely neurotypical. It's not about finding just a label for somebody. It's more about, okay, some of the things for every person, wherever they fall in any spectrum in life or any personality spectrum, they're going to feel like, you know what, you're better at this and I'm better at this. And I think that that's important when you have a one to realize that ones are good at some things and not at others. And that's just going to help open the door for great conversations. And we'll talk in general about all the types later, but in general, just come to the 
table ones with the reminder that your spouse does have different gifts from you and those are good. And that makes for a great marriage statistically when you're not exactly the same. So you may have more energy or more efficient energy, but they have something else. Okay. Type twos. People can say that they find a two somebody that they resent when the twos want to own the plans and change the plans or manipulate the plans that are in place for what they would like. And also when they feel like the two is dealing with the pride of thinking that they're right and that they have the right to be therefore resentful of other people not giving as well as them. And also just that can struggle with boundaries with another person or a person they find attractive. And so because of their high feelings, tendencies, they might be slipping across the lines toward somebody else's relationship that they might just be even unaware that uh, may be appearing to be flirting, or they might say, I just sense that this person that I you know, could be attracted to, but I'm not, that they need me. And it's just an important space to be able to say, What are the boundaries? What are the healthy boundaries you want for your marriage? Would you want somebody else coming into your marriage and talking to your spouse like you're talking to somebody else? So those are a couple of quick tips for two in addition to just noticing, uh, once again, just like we said to ones, because these are very doing-oriented helper types, that you would want to make sure that you understand that not everyone has the two capacity for giving, but that there are all kinds of different personality types and your spouse or partner has other gifts. So it'll be very important for you to come humbly to them and to see their gifts. Okay, type threes. A lot of people felt that type threes were dealing with working and being on the phone a lot. And of course, we've talked about this before on the show, so we weren't surprised by this, but it's a great reminder for people who are dealing with marriage as a three to slow down in your way. I'm not going to say my way or your spouse's way, but your way. And that's going to take some self-awareness of figuring out how are you going to self-soothe so that you still feel like you're competent and capable and you're in that spot for getting the love you feel like. This is how I run, right? Like I'm a three and I have to produce gloriously in order to feel like I'm worthy of my positioning as a spouse, as a worker. And we all know that we do appreciate when people are giving and growing beautifully. So we love that about you. But I also just want you to find ways you can settle down spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally, And that might take some really good journaling. And we talked to Neil Samudre and he has a new book out if you need help on that. And he's a three and he loves to start the day with the journaling practice. So that's a very good tip for you as you're trying to come into who you are and how you can find worth and dignity, even when you're in a relational space and you're in the audience and you're not on the stage because that's hard for your spouse. They're feeling it and they're feeling like your presence isn't there and that's hard. Okay, now fours, we got the mentions of people feeling like their fours could catastrophize. We know this is an emotional reactivity type. And fours also can be negative. So I'm thinking of this great Shirley MacLaine line in one of my favorite movies, Walter Mitty, when she says, we're all grown, Walter, we're all good. And it's a line we say a lot in our family. And we really just remind each other when any of us are in the four space, because you know we could all go to any of these spaces, that we are going to be fine and we don't have to be all glass half empty or glass half full. We need to have some of both. So that's a great reminder for you fours to really allow your spouse to be okay. And it's not the end of the world when something happens. 
And just understand that not everybody finds healing the way you do when you are lamenting about something. Like if you hear that they're not feeling well, or if you hear that they had a loss and they maybe they're a positivity type and they want to really make sure that they can still stand on two legs at the end of the day. And you've driven the point home so hard that they're moving away from you now. And you don't know why, because you're a heart type and you like to be close to them. So Just make sure you're looking at all angles of this relationship when you're thinking, oh man, I'm really scoring some brownie points by going deep emotionally because that's good in small doses because people do need that. But just make sure you're tapering that with some of the joy you experience as a four. And I know fours do experience a lot of joy too. Okay, now fives were said to have struggles with wanting so much alone time. And if they're out with another person like their partner, that they want their interests to be the ones discussed. And so there's a sense of when it's not about them and their interests and their research and their projects, there's no indication of wanting to have a conversation. And so fives, it's a good reminder for you to open up your spouse as a curiosity point for you again. Remember that humans are not an exact science. There will always be new spaces that you can explore about them, but you do have to pause in order to do that. You do have to make sure that you don't just stay lost in thought and lost in the thick of the rigor morale that we know you're experiencing at this season of life, where you're probably past the early, constantly obsessed, infatuated phase that fives can hit at the beginning of a relationship. And I noticed this in a lot of tropes lately. A lot of my daughter's rom-com book she's been having me read uh, have had this male five to be the archetype and female five. Sometimes I haven't seen it quite as much with female fives being the archetype protagonist Uh, love interest, but the love interest is usually somebody who is like that at the beginning, who's five-ish. And then later, we don't have much of a story because the story ends as soon as people get married or start to date and fall in love. But what we know, (laughs) leaving off from there, everybody's comments are, okay, that's gone. Where is that? So just as a reminder to fives, like you're very much enjoyed at the beginning, but Understand that you have all the potential and capacity to be enjoyed later. So whereas you're trying to build competencies up in other areas of life, come right back here. This is your center. Let your spouse really help to lift you up in that five space and say, I love that you have so much love and passion and goodness and gifts because we all know you do. You have a lot of amazing gifts. But sometimes what I've noticed with type fives and other types too, by the way, is that they can say, I've already got my spouse. So if I'm not competent, maybe just we're not competent together. So don't bring your spouse into the bad. Come back up with them. And if you're the spouse of the five, try to encourage them back up. You're strong. You're smart. You're a genius if you really believe that about them. And let others hear you say that. But five, do make sure you know this is real. This is a resentment. It has to be paid attention to. You don't want to become a statistic. And you know too much about statistics. Okay, type six, as you can imagine, people have said our sixes are very caring, but sometimes they can be very negative and they can be a bit nitpicky 
as well and that they can feel like they're always thinking about the other shoe is about to drop. I have to have my plans. I have to have control. And it can be hard on a spouse who's looking for a good piece of news or not as much fretting or lamenting, but really trying to see the positive and the light too. So I love that the six has a potential for a seven wing. And sometimes I think about wings and arrows as these just supporting parts that we can each put on and take off. Maybe you can think of it a bit like your Iron Man suit when you're in a Tony Stark obsessive mode and you're just thinking through all the troubleshooting that you need to do and you can say, you know what, I'm going to put on my seven right now, my fun turbo suit and we are going to skyrocket off on our date night and none of this is coming with us. We're just going to go listen to some hard rock and have some fun with ACDC. I don't know, whatever your music is, have some fun with it and rock out and jam out and let your partner see that you're more than just a planner. You don't want to miss your whole life by planning. You won't be in it. Okay. So now let's talk to type sevens that we really have noticed sevens are being thought of as in the resentful way, somebody who is not thinking of others, who does not talk about the lives of others, and who really puts their self into the central focus in a marriage. So it's the worry center. It's my stuff. Here's my worries. Here's my concerns. And there's a sense even of I'm taking care of all of you in it, but it really can't and doesn't come across to spouses like that. It comes across as what are you thinking about me? And they need to be told they're thinking about you. And they also need to be given reminders and really tuned in with, um, even though it might bring up some negativity for you to do that. My husband was processing work with me today and it was stressful, which is why we're so excited to take next week off totally for him. He gets a couple of weeks off, I think two and a half or three total, which is longer than he's ever had in like 13 years. So we're going to be traveling for part of that. And then part of it is just home and doing home projects that he's wanting to get to or that I'm wanting him to get to. And it's, and of course, I'm like so aware of how do you approach that with your spouse and you're kind and you don't boss them around and all that. But there's just things we need to get done is what I'm saying. And it was hard for me to just sit and let him tell me about his work. I wanted to direct it. I wanted to be assertive. I wanted to tell him how to care, how to love, how to be, you know, how to be how to be. And I think that what's important is that instead of doing all of that, I just listened and listened for the heart of what he was saying and connected with him and let him know that I'm here and that I believe in him and I can empower and challenge. But I really, as a wife and a partner, really let him lead. This is his life, his job. And I would not like that if he was trying to do that with my work. And he knows that. So it's really helpful when you as a seven know, would you want somebody doing that to you as much as you might feel you're gifted in it? Would you want a spouse telling you what to do and not listening? No, you want them to be able to listen to you. And you also want them to be able to feel safe with you. And that's a bit tricky, but I'm just going to be brief here to say if you have a thinking triad spouse, and we'll say seven right here, that sometimes if you tell them something that you're struggling with, they're going to process it through their thinking filter first. That's just who they are first. It's their primary center of intelligence. So now they're troubleshooting things that they don't like about you that you've told them vulnerably. So if you're a seven here, I want you to be aware that when your spouse tells you something painful about themselves or be, you know, really share something hard or vulnerable, you can't think about you first. You have to think about them. And we're going to get more into that in a little while when we talk about theory of mind. 
mind, but just keep that in mind. Take some deep breaths. You're going to be okay. You have to have a relationship with God so that you don't put all of your spouse's crap onto you and feeling like you have to fix it and you're going to be controlled by it. Remember, you have freedom. You're a seven. Nobody can fully control you. You remember Viktor Frankl's Holocaust examples. You still have your mind. So don't worry and start trying to control whether you're a seven or another thinking type. But that was another complaint that I did get about sevens was, you know, using the information manipulatively. And I wanted to give a little bit of insight as to why that's usually done. And I'm going to add on the Viktor Frankl quote here. Everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. So do make sure that you know that. Take that as a comfort that, you know, leaning in and supporting them, although it may feel risky and not in the fun ways you want to feel risky, but in the ways that feel like they could actually really hurt you emotionally, that you still have choices. So love them, let them make some of the choices, and you guys make sure that you compromise and that you breathe. Okay, and eight, that is not bad advice for you either on compromising and breathing because a lot of people that talk to the type eight about the resentments they feel said that eights really have too high of expectations for them and sometimes don't apologize when they're not, even when they are wrong and they know they're wrong, but they just don't want to apologize about it because it doesn't feel good to do that. And that they can be overly picky on them about what they have to do, or even because there's a lot of energy with an eight overly in their faces or overly busy or having so many people over and not attending to the actual relationship. So if you're in the eight space, remember to come back to your soft space and remember that people will probably do a fight or flight with you if you are, or, or another defense strategy du jour. But basically I want you to know that people will revolt if they feel like you're being too controlling. And that's what was sort of similar to the seven feeling controlled is here as the eight people feel controlled by you. They don't like that. They revert to find their own way. And that takes you guys away from each other. But if you can get softer there and allow for that and allow for some disagreement and just know that's part of life and that, you know, you may be right from your perspective, but there's a bunch of other perspectives that also feel very right and also have differences mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, different histories from you, then it's more accessible for you to say, there are some standards that I have for myself in my life, but my spouse is a good person and they have a lot of good. And you've got to stick around for the end of this episode because I'm sharing some specific tips about this. But I wanted you guys to know that and I wanted to give eights the tips because we have a lot of eights in our lives that when people are feeling overwhelmed by you, something you can do is stay right there with them, but go to your five space while you're with them. Be soft and kind and go into creativity and innovation. And we just spend so much time with some of our five, uh, almost said five, but eight friends who can do that. And then we can all be at peace together, even though the eights have a lot more energy. They're just like, hey, I'm very social and being with my people feels good, even if I'm redirected and I can't be leading the way or dominating. So that's a way you can stay close is go to that five space and explore the five space if you don't know much about it. But like I said, space of innovation, creating, and perhaps playing chess or a sport that is actually a really good active way to get things out with your friends and family and spouse. But it could be something as simple as writing or 
writing or creating Pinterest pages or doing something that is just for you that feels like it really allows you to enjoy researching and having fun. And I know lots of eights who do lots of different types of just interesting research. I feel like I don't want to share everybody's stories because I don't like to tell about my clients' lives in detail. But anyway, yes. Okay. Now, Type nines, I really want you guys to know that what people said about you, if you saw the Instagram survey, there were a lot of issues with nines. And I'm going to tell you why. I do believe there's more nines out there. And maybe we have to say just more nines using the Enneagram out there. But there there are more that get surveyed or are married to nines. And I do think body types come into the world a little bit more um, sometimes powerfully and show up more. Maybe they're taking more surveys or they're just maybe more of them. But at any rate, nines are really being said to have a sense of escapism, uh, not making efforts on their own, but needing to be kind of coddled through things. Um, their body image, their body language sharing more than they're telling in negative ways, um, not really showing up for you know, having a strong opinion and merging. And these are not things that are probably surprising to you, but it's important to note them and to say, okay, as with all the types, we could have spent so much time on the etiology of each one. And you know, I have deep dives, both episodes and PDFs on every single one of the types if we wanted to do that. But today we just want you to know that these perceptions are probably some of them realities for you. And so just don't forget to bring into whatever part of the year or the new year you're starting in a sense of call, a sense of duty, a sense of action, and not having to have your spouse always really get you started and going. And it probably will have to start with you just putting one foot in front of the other and saying to yourself, I am worth it. I am going to get my routine that is prioritized, written out daily so that I can and will show up. And I'm going to have good boundaries because that's another thing. And I plan to do a whole episode on that later this year, but where in 2023, where nines really can learn more about boundaries. But that's huge too, to be able to say, I'm also worth it to set boundaries so I can protect my marriage. So just keep working on those things type by type and you guys will find a lot of growth in your marriages. Now let's get into one last section of today's pod and that is growth tips for everybody. And these are so important because I've done a lot of research for you and I just want you to take one or two tips so that you can come back. This is an episode that you're probably gonna wanna come back to and listen again when you're struggling with resentment again because this is something that happens. So I do wanna let you know that sometimes we even have this study of almost 70% of couples having issues of resentment that creep up in their marriage. So I don't want you to feel you're alone if that happens. But I also want you to understand there's some tips for this. And one of them, and we're, we're coming from not just Gottman, but studies at the University of Michigan and many different websites. I'll put a couple in the show notes. But I want you to know that couples who stay together experience at least five positive interactions for every negative interaction during conflict. So that means if you have a resentment towards somebody and you keep saying that and you keep on writing the story and telling the story of this negative perception, then you're really hurting your marriage. Also, you know the research that goes hand in hand with this, which is that we give our spouse this sense of that it is really on them when we have a disparity 
and we have this cognitive dissonance going on where we're saying that our stuff is because of our situation, but their stuff is because they're intrinsically bad or wrong. And these are just recipes for absolute marriage disaster. And if you want to get even worse with it, it's showing up with contempt and talking bad about them to others. And these are just ways that your resentments can, oh, I hate to use this word again, but it's just perfect here, fester. So we really want to make sure that you are trying out these habits of, okay, yes, things annoy me sometimes. I'm human, but five to one, I am consciously trying to make sure my spouse knows that I get the human tendency of putting ourselves with grace and our spouses without grace. I get the human tendency of grass is greener on the other side. I get the human tendency that I'm not inside their past and their brain and all their awareness. I will not judge. I will reserve that judgment for God. There are such important practices for you so that you guys can be healthy together and that there's room for good things. Because if all you're doing is creating even meaningful you know, dialogue around your disagreements, which is important, important, you're going to still be like, okay, all we do is talk negative. It's not a five to one. It's just, we're good at processing, but you have to be able to say, okay, positivity is extremely important in marriage and telling positive stories according to Gottman and all marriage researchers know that as well as yes, meaningful dialogue. And one more I'm going to share here, which is theory of mind. And there's research done to remind us that when we're using certain areas of our brain, we are really actually doing better, presumably because we're using parts of our brain, the the newer parts of our brain. If you look at what's developed first, the, the brain in the back and the brainstem is developed first in your body. And now we have this later brain that comes in and is actually the key here. And this goes back to like very basics of cognitive behavioral therapy also, not just this. But basically, I want you guys to know that what's important is that you realize that your spouse has an opinion that's so different from yours. And with theory of mind, you allow yourself to truly put on their perspective. You take time, not just to reflect back what you thought you heard, which we've all heard that before and tried that before. And there's some validity to that. But this goes deeper to really consider and to stop and to pause with empathy about who your spouse is and what they might be going through. And I think that's probably why, yes, I'm reading these studies through the NIMH, but what we really need to realize is we've been learning this through Enneagram work already, that if we put on the two space or the four space or the seven space, whatever it is, that we have a new understanding for why this person is doing that. And go to my website if you're like, I don't know that because I have a whole page called How Do We Know Our Types? And then you can look and see, gosh, this is, oh, I never knew that my spouse struggled with this. Or, you know, you could even take a test or have them take a really good test or read through the page and see which of the types they resonate most with. And then you can get down to what are the core issues so that I can have this theory of mind where I'm remembering everything that they process life through started a long time ago, probably, but before they ever met with me. And it's not about them hating me. It's just, this is what makes them feel safe. This is what makes them feel right. This is what makes them feel loved. I'm not going to be able to take that away from them. These are their ways of surviving and they've worked. So to be able to have theory of mind yet using the Enneagram also is a beautiful connection piece for you guys to be able to say that. 
So I hope you'll do that. I hope you'll start putting these behaviors and patterns on. Your resentments will not nearly be as strong and you will have so much more success trying the five to one approaches. Now we're going to be opening our collective doors soon. If you're just like, I need to be back in with people who are doing the work. I need to have more regular reminders through Facebook group and through time with others in the monthly meetings. Or if you're like, I need those deep dive Wednesday trainings and the worksheets you have there, Krista, then we are opening that back up very soon. But for now, take a tip from today and listen again when you're forgetting that tip because there's lots for you here. And I hope you have such a wonderful New Year's. I hope you will really grow with me in 2023. I'm so excited for all that's ahead. I really am. And I'm also grateful for you. Like I said at the beginning of this episode, let's take the full story arc. You are the reason this is here. So please know that we're so grateful for you. The work you're doing, it just makes us have beams of joy thinking every single week about this group doing work out there with us. So know that it's real. We're having real marriages and relationships out there. And we are so proud of all you're doing to shine and to glow out there. So celebrate well, and we will see you back soon in the new year. Talk to you soon. Don't forget to go to any room marriage for all the tools. Bye-bye. Thank you again for listening with us. It was so wonderful to have you. I love knowing we're doing this journey together, not perfectly, but with love, grace, and hopefully some fun too. If you love today's episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcast or Spotify so others can find it too. Visit our show notes so you can get all the links from today's show, as well as anygramandmarriage.com, the Instagram, the Facebook, and all over the place. Make sure you spread the word. Love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye.